you tended to handle change better than I did. You were unfazed, annoyingly so, no matter what it was. I was, well, I was phased. I wasn't feeling it this year. Usually, like the flick of a switch, the day after Thanksgiving, the strings of lights came out, a tree went up, and every song on the tape deck or CD player was about sleighs or stars or snow or silent nights. But this year, two days after Turkey, headed back from Boston to Dallas, home from home, I stared off into the clouds, sipping a Bloody Mary, sulking and skipping tracks on my brick-like first-generation iPod. None of these songs were doing it. Nothing could kindle the spirit. Things were going to be different this year, and I didn't want them to be. When I heard the flute warble, though, and the plucks of an acoustic guitar, and a chorus of familiar voices singing gently, just above a whisper, I paused and let it play. This was the one that, in a second, brought me back to when I was young enough to believe, and old enough to wonder, when I'd stay up late listening to it on my little record player, this one and the rest of them, over and over, both sides, each with their own particular pops and snaps, like the crackling of a fire after each song. This one was second to last. Second side, Silent Night. It didn't matter who sang it. My grandmother could never get through it without tears. Each Christmas Eve, both of us holding candles, she'd stand next to me in church and sing it with a stiff lip for as long as she could, until it trembled, and they'd stream from behind her glasses, gleaming, catching the candlelight. Like the line in the song, I always thought, glories stream from heaven afar. She never dabbed them. She just let them fall and I'd feel them splash down on my hand. Her sister had died at Christmas when she was a little girl, and they'd sung Silent Night in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. I was 12 when she told me that. I grew up a little that year. It had been another typical perfect holiday season for me and my family, but it occurred to me for the first time on that Christmas Eve, that they may not always be, that it wasn't all just granted. When you're a kid, you think this month is supposed to be untouchable. It's safe harbor. From late November to late December, nothing bad happens. Nothing ages or changes. And no one grows up or goes away until something does or someone does. And that blissful innocence comes to an end and you realize the holidays are just as fragile as the other days, as everything else we love. And as I sat there listening, trying to coax out some Christmas spirit with fun-sized cocktails and silent night sung by pigs and frogs and bears and, aw, beaker, you'd think that what I learned when I was 12 would have popped out of my fireplace, overhead compartment, and provided me some perspective. But no, I was pouting and chose to focus on the fact that John Denver and the Muppets, A Christmas Together, the MP3 version, doesn't have any imperfections. No clicks and pops, no snaps, no fire, no glow, 
It's like I had a bad bulb on my string of streetlights. Nothing was warming me up. But a, another Bloody Mary might. Probably not, but maybe. Things were going to be different this year, and I didn't want them to be. You'd lived a plane ride from your family a lot longer than I had. You'd done this before, a bunch of times. I'd always been a car ride from mine, even in college. But with us in Dallas, for the first time in 30 years, none of my pre-Christmas traditions were a possibility. No picking out a tree with my sister, no shopping trip with my dad mid-December, no rapping with my mom on the dining room table. Rapping with a, a W, I should clarify. Do I need to, though? Probably not, but maybe. There's certainly no way she and I could go to another bow-making seminar. We'd been to one the year before. Yeah, you, you heard correctly. Bow-making seminar. Huh. You were there, actually. Though you wouldn't have known it from the... Ugh, stick-on-bow you put on my new iPod that year. No more first-generation brick for me. I, I may have dropped a lot of hints. It had video now. That was the same year I used fresh holly on all my gifts. I should have worn gardening gloves. I got nicked several times. It's sharp, really sharp, like surprisingly sharp. No mention of that in the song. Could I get fresh holly in Texas? Unlike you who'd spent some time to the south and west, I'd never been outside the northeast for the holiday season. I was used to living in a catalog shoot of colonial houses dressed in furs with frosted windows. Cobblestone walks with cute places to shop. A chill in the air and at least the chance for a dusting of snow. And Christmas trees! I yelled from the bedroom where I was unpacking my bags from the weekend. Do they sell live trees here? I've never had a fake one. They don't have that smell. <sighs> Everything's going to be different this year. Maybe we shouldn't even bother. We'd been discussing our Chinese takeout order, so... Confused by the sudden change in subject, you joined me from the kitchen. Now, Dallas had all those things, the chill and even the chance for flurries. They do indeed have fresh holly, and, fun fact, they have fresh mistletoe. It literally grows on trees. And they have cobblestones and cute places to shop that just happen to sell candles that make your house smell like a Christmas tree when decorating a fake one. You knew all these things. You also knew it was better to let me sputter and spiral out. I'm not even in the mood to decorate. I'm not feeling it this year. And here it comes. We're moving in like three weeks. Nothing is packed. I was starting to spiral. Let's just get pizza. Oh yeah, we were moving in three weeks from the apartment to the townhouse we bought, all before going back to Boston for Christmas. Hey, I can admit I was just being a brat. We were blessed, for starters, to be buying a house. And I'd still be seeing my family on Christmas Day, just like always. Then we'd see yours. But... Things were going to be different this year, and I didn't want them to be. There are hundreds of movies, most of them covers of a carol. A mix of spirits, but the same basic cocktail from the Dickensian bartender's Bible about people who've lost their Christmas spirit. But I'd never actually known anyone who had, in real life, lost it. That was something that happened to Scrooges and Grinches and Ginny Grangers. That's Mary Steenburgen's character in the movie One Magic Christmas. I'd never imagined it could happen to me, that I could ever feel less than lit for the holidays. 
You know, it wasn't until today in December 2020 that I realized after having seen it at least twice a year since then, since 2007, I actually was Ginny Granger that year. I can't remember if I ever made you watch One Magic Christmas. Okay, you're about to hear a criminal oversimplification of the plot, but for time's sake, I'll just say her character is moving in three weeks and she can't find the Christmas spirit. It's a little different, a little dark, no elves, but some solid performances. Plus, my sister and I love it. It's magical. It makes us kids again. And it's where my lifelong love of Mary Steenburgen stems from. Stepbrothers, 30 Rock, Clara Clayton, Richard Nixon's mom. She's so underrated. And Elf. She loves a feel-good holiday flick. Anyway, in the end, through, well, magic, she gets to see her life without something. It's very George Bailey in It's a Wonderful Life. Wait, are we getting pizza or not? Meanwhile, back at our apartment, I was continuing on. It's going to be like 70 tomorrow. Do you know that? Happy birthday, Jesus. Okay, let's just get pizza because you know what? The Chinese food is awful every time. We never learn. I was now attacking takeout. That was your cue. You are ridiculous, you exclaimed, folding over into a spectacularly loud cackle, the kind that came from way deep down. You were bent over telling me to stop like I was physically tickling you, giggling and snickering and clapping until you were standing upright again, composed, with your hands on your hips and your head cocked to the side. Ridiculous, you said again, shaking your head at me with a smirk. Then the smirk turned sympathetic. It turned down and you pushed your bottom lip out. You walked over and held my face with both hands. Are you done? You asked. I grunted. Mm. Because we live here, we should just go dark this year. Because it's different from how you've always done it. Honey, come on. It won't always feel so different. Next year it'll be better, you said. And do you think Christmas trees can't travel on trucks? You were unfazed. You grinned. Then you winked like Santa. I... I hate you, I said. But I barely got it out. Because I started to laugh. I was, in fact, being ridiculous. Less than an hour later, it went by in a flash. Over to the sash, you ran in a dash. See? You said, pointing at the stoplight, the kind that blinks a bright red and green, where a truck had stopped to let people pass, as they no doubt rushed home with their treasures. There were no children laughing, but there was a Christmas tree with a fresh-cut trunk tucked in the bed of that truck. It had to come from somewhere. You'd fixed my string of streetlights. This year, it seems like a lot of people are feeling like I was then. Like they have a bulb out. It's like this year we're all George Bailey, and we get to see the season sort of without us, without something. Like our worst holiday thoughts have come true. When we wished we hadn't agreed to go, or had to see so-and-so. When we wondered, what's the point? Or why can't we skip it? Or, really, another cookie party? And, you know, despite the less-than-merry muttering we do about it under our breath, we might miss a busy schedule filled with friends and family, and even co-workers, filled with holiday hustle and bustle. I bet lots of people will miss that. The people. And people you wouldn't expect. 
people who might surprise themselves. Maybe, just maybe, we were starting to take it all for granted, missing out on each other. And isn't that the point, after all? The meaning of all those movies and the songs we sing to? It's the people, our family and friends we raise a glass to, to you, my old friend, for the sake of old times, for old Lang Syne. Every holiday season is different. Some more, some less. They're all records with their own pops and snaps. Things are going to be different this year, and I got down about it for a minute. Then I remembered what you said right after I attacked the Chinese takeout. It really was awful. You told me that night it wouldn't always feel this different. You told me it would be better next year, and. You told me that Christmas trees could travel in trucks. That's the best part of the whole story, and I never finished it. Your office holiday party was the same day we moved. It was that night, and it was two hours from starting when the moving guys asked about our Christmas tree. It was still decorated. There was no time. You were unfazed. Again, annoyingly so. I started to sputter, but you gently shushed me. And charged me with getting the dog, a laundry basket full of shoes, and most importantly, our clothes for the party, all downstairs and into the car. Then you just winked, like Santa, and said you'd handle the tree. By the time I'd taken a shower in our new house and come downstairs dressed for the party, you were waiting with a satisfied smile next to the tree. It was lit, all strands, all bulbs. Not an ornament out of place. You'd help the movers wrap the entire thing in plastic, then put it in the truck, upright, stand and all. And you were right; things were different, but they were okay. And next year was better. I didn't mind flying home from home so much. There were new traditions in both places, new friends, new pops and snaps. A few scratches, and new stories to tell. This year's going to be different, but I think we'll be okay. I'm hopeful. For the first time in a really long time, I'm hopeful. Merry Christmas.